I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together... We, we want an ending. We draw the depths of Netflix and other streaming services to find three films of the same genre of the same genre and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one and there's one we both watch. So you know what's a surprise hit and what's totally... Hello, Jono. Just another episode, right? Just yeah. another We Watch Anything. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing, nothing at all. It's only episode... 50! <laughs> We're the only people who care, but that's just <laughs> fine. Because we do care. And I hope you feel that out there in Nisleland, that uh, there's a big, great beating heart here, sort of shared between the two of us. That's and it's beating just for, for you. Oh, <laughs> all the wind has been sucked out of my sails <laughs> by that weird no, metaphor. Similarly, it is episode thing. fifty, ladies and gentlemen, uh, which means we have watched a grand total of Jono. How many movies have we watched? Well, it's fifty times three. That makes a hundred and fifty films, which we have watched for you, good people. Yes, and some of them have been a bit tortuous. Some of them have been awful. And going through the list, because we prepared for this a bit, going through the old list, I suddenly thought, oh my God, it was like reliving, you know, like going over awful memories, kind of going, oh, I can't believe I watched that. (laughs) But at the same time, it's it's, it's been like looking through a photo album. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a terrible holiday. Oh, but that was a nice holiday. Yeah, definitely. I remember that time I ate that squid. (laughs) And one other thing that's become apparent to us is that we are living within quite a small box, especially as Netflix is making more and more TV series these days mm. and fewer and fewer movies. And maybe that's because they just poured 200 million into The Irishman, yeah, um, which we can talk about at some point, but I can't bother to talk about really. No. Um, but so we've decided to expand our net to mostly basically include Amazon Prime as well, because there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. Well, it was it's more just like the half the time, like a film that I would look up that we had talked about now, I, obviously, we're only speaking for the UK market here, but it wouldn't be on Netflix anymore. But half the time, it would actually be on Prime. And it's just, yeah. you know, so, so it's just, what's what's the problem? Let's just dip into whatever we feel like. Well, and I, I do think, think the Prime thing is, Prime has out. got so much rubbish on there. But what I do like about Prime is that it does have um, just, just some weird films. It's just, you can oh, find yeah. some quite interesting culty films. But the problem with it is that it's absolutely swamped with... Dirge. Oh, utter, utter dirge. You know, the sequel to uh, Krampus, the Christmas awful that we watched, <laughs> yeah. is actually on Prime. Oh, God, really? But mm. we didn't watch that for this episode. Sorry, good listener. No. We, but, I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been going on a bit of a tear on Prime recently because they've got a load of the old band films from the 80s. They've got yeah. um, Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Ferox. Y- yeah, so I've, I've been working my way through um, through some of these sort of old school band movies, which has been great. Well, I saw a, da- I'm, 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 I'm not a huge Dario Argento fan, mm. um, but I just, randomly kind of just searched his name on Amazon Prime and watched oh I've suddenly forgotten the name but it was once a lost Dar- early Dario Argento film called something like Three Flies on Grey Velvet oh, well, or something oh I haven't seen that one yeah but there's the and one it's on with, Prime, um, and it's fantastic it's really good I really recommend it there's the Jennifer Connelly Dario Argento movie on there as well yes name yes. suddenly escaped me yeah but um, watch it it's good well. yeah there's, there's actually got a really great horror section um and, yeah, just a whole bunch of dirge as well, because mm. pretty much you can... To get a movie on Amazon Prime, you just have to fill in a form. Yeah. But anyway, we're not not—we're not just limiting ourselves to Amazon Prime, as in we may occasionally no, no. go to other streaming services. 
Yes, but I don't have a Hulu or Disney Plus subscription. No, um, and I have no intention so. of getting one. But who knows how the landscape may change in the next 50 episodes, dude. Ooh, landscape, I like it. <laughs> and also, so, what's the other thing we're doing? Because it's our 50th. Well, like we said, we've been back through the archive, we've gone, looked down the list, and we've picked out what we thought were movies that were worthy of our awards and i mean that's the thing that's going to carry through to the three movies we watch for you because don't worry we will get to three movies we've watched we will. but before then we've picked out some movies that we thought were worthy of special mention for whatever reason that are our 50th episode award party Woo! are you wearing a tuxedo no i'm just pleased to see you no no <laughs> Yeah, it's the We Watch Anything Oscars. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. All right, Johnny. So we did did come up with some categories here. We didn't come up with the same categories. We thought that would just be a bit too conventional. And we didn't even come up with normal categories. Because, you know, we like to be all contrary and stuff. So, Johnny, what is your first category when you were looking through stuff that that came to you? Uh, My first category or prize is for interior decoration. Wow. Yeah. And uh, without further ado, the Interior Decoration Prize goes to Death Wish 2. Uh, (laughs) Specifically, it's the pad of Jill Island. Jill Island plays Charles Bronson's girlfriend, and they were together in real life. But it's specifically her pad that you see in a couple of uh, memorable sequences in Death Wish 2. And even more specifically, it's the TV which has a kind of ivy wig. Um, and that's episode 17, if you want to go back to the original podcast. To you, wow, dude. See, I, I thought that was going to be the walls spattered with blood when you said it was Death Wish. Yeah, no, no. No, no, it's actually just bad decor. That's great. It's, it's amazing, honestly. Her place is just incredible. <laughs> I still think of it often. As well, you can tell. so... I was going through these things and I thought, wow, yeah, I remember that. And like you said, you know, sometimes it's like a good holiday, a bad holiday, whatever. And then I realised there was one movie I came across that I could not remember. So most forgettable movie for me <laughs> goes to Hysteria from episode 28. Jono, what happened in Hysteria in episode 28? Do you have any idea? Oh, God, Hysteria. Was, that a, was this a combo? It was a combo movie. Jeez, Hysteria. Oh, I didn't know you were going to put me on the spot. Can you tell me the theme of the episode? Well, I, I can now because I had to look it up on IMDb and I still really can't remember watching. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal and it's about the invention of the vibrator. Oh, yes, yes, which I didn't mind and you really hated. Yeah, actually, I hated it and I yeah. still couldn't remember it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, it's all, uh, now I do remember it very well. Yeah, because oh. we had a difference of opinion there. As you know, I thought I, it was a bad film as well, but I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, over to you next, Jono, for your next category. Okay, category two is uh, best performance in a bad guy role. Ooh, and, I like that. Uh, for this, I go back to episode 19, and specifically, I keep saying specifically, it's Tim Thomason in Cherry 2000. Now, oh, yes. <laughs> Cherry yes, 2000 yes. was a really enjoyable combo film we watched. Which, but he is the most enjoyable thing in it. Yeah, he's like he's this sort of really bizarre cult leader. But the thing that really I couldn't stop chuckling about is that towards the end, the hero, who, by the way, in Cherry 2000 is a total douchebag, but the hero escapes by releasing loads of bees. (laughs) And then for the rest of the film, all the bad guys, Tim Thomason and all his mates, have got like bee sting cream all over their faces. It's really funny. Oh, that's just maybe going to watch that movie again. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, All right, well. 
from that, talking of performances, my next my next uh, award is something that only I could have done, Jono, because for some reason I've ended up with the last a large catalogue of this man's work. In my particular ones, and it is most Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and my award for most Nicolas Cage goes to Left Behind in episode eleven. Oh, yes. See, there have been there's a bit of Men of Honor where he was sort of you know was mm. he was quite he was stolid and shouty, and then there was the Witchfinder thing which we watched where yeah, he yeah, was sort was of very combo, serious and shouty. But Left Behind is when he could do the sort of like ranty shouty Nick Cage, and also do the sort of mournful sorrowful Nick Cage. It really ran the. Full gamut of Nick Cage. Oh, so that's that's my award for most Nick Cage left behind, episode 11. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I remember that. that Wasn't he in that, that Indianapolis film? Yes. Yeah, yeah Men of Honor. That's was one, it yeah. Men of Honor? Yeah. When, when I was remember, your best line, worst line from that was him just shouting, Spam! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which really made me laugh. Anyway, okay, my next uh, award is for most surprising sequel. And this comes from episode 18, which was our martial art martial arts episode and i watched ong back three. Oh, yeah <laughs> and i just i just mentioned it because ong back one is set in the, the the present day and it's like a martial arts thing they're battling drug cartels but ong back three is set in a sort of very distant mythical past <laughs> it just always struck me as funny it's like oh have you seen rocky 2 no not yet what's it like oh yeah it's good Rocky Balboa has become the new undergardener in a chateau in 17th century France (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah so that's my most surprising sequel on back three episode 18 Right, well, actually, funnily enough, my next category, and we haven't planned this, uh, dear listener, is Most Surprising. And for me, the most surprising movie I think I saw was Saved in episode 36. Yes. Saved was that Mandy Moore sort of um, kind of pro... Um, waiting, whatever, Christian, but also quite satirical comedy that was actually surprisingly good. Yeah, I remember that. It didn't have Macaulay Culkin as a supporting role. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Jenna Malone in. And I was, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. So ding, ding, ding for that one. Oh, fantastic. Um, I've got one from our war seri- war episode. Um, oh, nice. We had a sort of, oh, I think it was the war episode. Anyway, either way, it was episode 40. And I had a, a film called Zone Troopers, which was like a World War Two alien invasion mashup. And this is oh, my yeah. award for best line. Because the best line in that film was, no dice on the lima beans which is just my favourite line. It's when they're trying to figure out what the alien will eat. Yes, I remember you, I remember you saying that and me being marginally perplexed by it at the time. Like, this is a great line. Yes. <laughs> it still pops into my head, though, often. Anyway, carry on. I'm glad. Um, my, uh, my next award, uh, there's not that many of these left, I promise you. Yeah, yeah, um, I've got one more. Is, is my most rewatched award, actually. And this is pretty much almost my biggest seal of, uh, seal of quality. Of a movie that, yeah, I watched for the podcast. I wasn't sure what I was going to get out of it. And I think I've watched it, yeah, probably about three or four more times than anything else I've rewatched off movies you've seen. And that's episode 33, The Barclay Marathons. Oh, really? Oh, which good. is an absolutely yeah. brilliant documentary. And I just, it, it's something that I find completely uplifting. If you're feeling a bit, meh, give The Barclay Marathons a watch. It's full of great characters, lunatic antics in a sort of not madcap, just wow kind of way and it's it's just a marvellous slice of cinema fantastic dude yeah I've, I've I'd still need to watch it oh, so good <laughs> right my award my last award is for uh, least erotic sex scene and there were several contenders <laughs> um, 
I must admit, uh, I thought originally I was going to give it to the scene in Criminal Law from episode 15. Oh, yes, that when, was a pretty unerotic sex scene. Gary Oldman's having yeah. sex and then suddenly his girlfriend has the head of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's for the sex scene in The Homesman, which was a very good, very, but very, very blue, oh, bleak Oh, God, Western. so bleak. Yeah. yeah. So, so bleak. Oh, very God, good, That sex though. scene was awful. Hmm. It was yeah. just horrible. It was really tragic. Oh. I don't mean the sort of the the sort of more of a, the attack scene near the beginning. I mean the scene with the main two characters. If you see. What oh, I, mean. I thought you meant the more attacky scene at the beginning. No, no, really... no. That's just oh. awful. No, no. Yeah. There's, there's. It's just a so sad one, yeah. and it's just oh, good film though. Good film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got some honorable mentions, but my final category then will be best death. Oh yeah. Um, and that is that goes to Turbo Kid. Oh yeah, Turbo Kid. And there's a few in there, but I, yeah. I could, I, I think it's gone from Netflix UK now. It might still be yes. on the US, but you can find it. it. Was on TV the other day here actually. And but yeah. one of our listeners, um, Paul, did get in touch with me saying how disappointed he was that he finally went to go and see uh, Turbo Kid, and it was gone from UK Netflix. Mm. But there is a scene when some somebody's intestines get wound out from them with connected to a bike. Which is yeah. spectacular. It's really good. Yeah, um, good and yeah, that movie's that that movie's just was always. I I, I, I kind of had to find a, a special place to mention that. Well, I've got some very quick honourable mentions. Um, yeah. Most unrealistic performance in an athletic endeavour goes to Hunter Carson running in Invaders from Mars. Uh, best dance sequence goes to that really odd bit in Once Bitten. Do you remember that? Oh, that yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie with what's his name. Jim Carrey. Best yep. song goes to the uh, Elvis in Girls, Girls, Girls with the Song of the Shrimp. Yep. And best seduction scene goes to that bit in Night of the Demons 2 when that vampish character catches a basketball between her legs. <laughs> wow. You've gone for loads of just... Like, my, I just had two honourable mentions. Like, oh, my, sorry, dude. My most revelatory was Ip Man, where I realised that actually martial arts films can be really, really, really great. And... Most uh, and and the place in my heart special award goes to the boyfriend school mm. from episode two. Um, just that truly spectacularly messed up Steve Gutenberg romantic comedy. Yeah, that was really weird. Genuinely good. What was his name? His character name of the of I, when he became the New Zealand guy. I can't remember. It was something really was stupid like Dro- Drogo or something. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Actually, as as well, this is don't worry. I know we've got to get on, but. One of my favourite bits about the whole series was how annoyed you got with how many times that bloke said Dinardo in the Siege of Firebase Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> Dinardo, so Dinardo, Dinardo. <laughs> it was really annoying. Oh, and the and, and by the way, just one thing: out of all the films of yours that I've ended up watching because you oh, really yeah. loved them, my favourite was Lost Soul. The doomed oh, journey. Oh, I actually Stanley. had that one down slightly to in my sort of revelation. That actually, was that was brilliant. Absolutely, that was so fascinating. That is an outstanding movie. Uh, mm. Just an outstanding, just a fascinating, fascinating character yeah. study of of making a picture and people's lives and brains falling apart. Yeah, I've watched that quite a few times. Ah, see, I think my favourite of what your movies I've watched has been Creep, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I did it. I get, did a good job of keeping my review very. Yeah, short. Very nice. Anyway. That's quite a anyway, lot of talk. That is the past, and we like to look towards the future sometimes. <laughs> and in that future, um, we have three movies. Not all from Netflix, although two out of the three are, because, you know, we're not going to do too much of a jarring transition. No. So, no. Jono, as tradition dictates, what have you got for me? 
just for a second then. I thought you were going to switch things around and go first. That would have freaked me out, though. Don't even, don't ever do no, that. No, no, no. Oh, I, I, I don't know if you pointed this out. All these movies have been chosen because they have, it being our awards oh, yeah. episode, won an award of some kind. Yes. Our list, lovely listener Kate came up with this idea for us. Anyway, okay. My film is Wind River. It's from 2017, and it's directed and written by Taylor Sheridan, who wrote um, Sicario. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, uh, I really like Sicario. Yeah, I, I didn't like it as... I, but I've, I, th- I think I need to rewatch it. I definitely liked it. I just... I think yeah. I'd hyped it up too much. But anyway, um, it's 2017, and it didn't win loads of awards, but it got, it got some awards on this sort of... the left field circuit, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, and here's the, the plot in a, in a nutshell... Of a veteran hunter, kind of tracker dude, helps yeah. an FBI agent with the investigation of a murder of a young woman, and but it's in a uh, Wyoming Native American reservation. Okay, where it is is really important to the themes, the plot. Um, so, the very first thing you see is as the sort of light come up is a distressed young woman running away from the camera across a snowy landscape i think it's in 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 the middle of the night kind of thing and yeah. she's you know it looks like freezing cold and she's not got many clothes on and you can hear that she's obviously something bad's happened it yes. fades out um and we and we meet the hero who's uh, Corey Lambert played by Jeremy Renner ah nice yeah. good old Jeremy Renner yeah and I he's... i've never really loved him but i like him well i i was I first knew him in um, t- I first came across him in twenty eight weeks later. Oh yeah, and I, I remember seeing that once. I keep meaning to watch that again. I, I watched that a few times. I haven't watched it recently, but I remember quite liking it. And and he was definitely one of the reasons I liked it. So mm. anyway, whatever. And and so he plays. Um, he's like he's like I say. He's like a tracker. He works for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Federal something or other Fish yeah 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 And he's So he's an expert Tracker dude And you learn that He's lost He's He's gone through Some grief He's lost a daughter Some years before The the action in this film So he's a lonely Depressed kind of dude And he's parading around The Wind River Indian Reservation In Wyoming And it's winter And he comes across The body And you quickly realise It's the body of the person we saw running in those open running away in those opening moments and she's and he knows her she's an 18 year old native american girl barefoot miles from anywhere and you're kind of like how can she have got so far out you know when it's this cold barefoot you know it's a mystery but the so the fbi are called and jane banner from the fbi turns up played by elizabeth olsen Oh, I like Elizabeth Olsen. Yes, yeah, so do I. And and I must admit, at this point in the plot, just for a moment, I thought it was going to get into um, Deadly Pursuit territory, a film we yeah, both well, love from the 80s. Because that's not bad territory. No, no, no. In. It's, just, it's In America, it's called Shoot to Kill. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Now. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Deadly Pursuit's a buddy movie, Fish Out of Water, where Sidney Poitier is an FBI agent who who's in a mountainous region and Tom Berenger's to help him. And it felt yeah. a bit like that because Olsen turns up and she's a fish out of water. She's ah. It's freezing cold and she's just in a kind of crappy coat, you know. And for a while she has to borrow someone's rather dated looking like full ski suit outfit. And you kind of right. thought, is this going to go for laughs? But it really doesn't go for laughs at all. Um, and they go view the corpse and it's obvious that the 
girl before she died was attacked. But you know the way these films always have some jurisdiction back chat back and forth. The yeah. jurisdiction stuff here is that because strictly speaking, the cause of the she's obviously been attacked, but the cause of death is exposure, which means it's not strictly moida, which means that the FBI oh, okay. agent Olson can't get back up. So that's what leads her to sort of enlist, enlist Jeremy Renner, who's a local, gotcha. loads of local expertise, to yeah. help her. Um, and uh, yeah, and obviously there's a sort of redemptive vibe going on because of his own daughter died yeah. three years before. Anyway, so in a series of scenes, we meet the grieving family, the the Native American family. We meet various suspects. We meet his, we meet her sort of loser, druggy brother who's and other members of the community and we find out this the existence of a new a new boyfriend who some people who seem to work at a nearby drilling station and okay. that's as far as i'm going to go in terms of plot and i'm just going to say this i liked this film it's um i didn't that's love, love it that's like yeah yeah i liked it i didn't love it now part of the problem for me was jeremy renner as i said i like jeremy renner very much I was just aware that he was acting. I'm not, you know. Oh, I hate that. And I think there are times when the script is great in lots of ways, but every now and then there were just scenes, you know, when there's a scene in something and you just kind of think, you know what? It would have been better if you'd left that scene as just a sort of, you'd left that bit of script as just a silence and a look. Yes. (laughs) But there's this fantastic bit when he, when it's genuinely good stuff. Jeremy Renner writes a, as, I'm sorry, he doesn't write. He 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 talks about grief, and you think that's a really nicely written soliloquy about grief. Yeah, but I kind of wonder whether just you know it would have been better to leave it out, even though it was good. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But there was something as well about his performance, and I couldn't quite put my finger on why it wasn't working for me. But I was just aware it was acty, as I say. Yeah. But it's there's a sequence. How's Elizabeth Olsen though? Because yeah, no, she was I, great. I have Great. no real interest in her as Scarlet Witch. I, I, I mm. like the Marvel movies. I don't love Marvel movies. But in Martha Marcy May Marlene, she's amazing. Mm. That movie's fantastic and should be seen by more people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. That's a, another free bonus recommendation. Um, yeah. No, she was great. Um, loads of the peripheral characters are well done. The the sort of bleak Wyoming landscape, great. Yeah. All nicely filmed, blah, blah, blah. There's a sequence when you sort of find out what happened, which is pretty hard to watch. Um, okay. And I'm not going to say any more because I think it is a film that you know, I don't want to give away. This, it's yeah, not yeah, a twist sure. as such, you, but I just you, don't want to give anything away. But and you are recommending people watch this. Yeah, though. I think so, but it is a tough watch. You know, because hmm. you, you see Jeremy Renner with a rifle and you just think, actioner. You know, you think, oh, this is going to be like, I don't know, the Bourne identity or something like that. And it's just not like that. It's more... It's more it's just more, a bit more grueling and a, a bit sort more of a, yeah, a kind sad. of bleak, a bleak sort of drama. Is, is it sort of on the sort of bone tomahawk scale kind of thing? Yes. No. 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 It's not quite that. No. I was going to say it's more like oh, what's that film that what's the name from Hunger Games came along with that won all those Oscars? Oh, um, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, bone. Mother Bone. Mo- bone Mother. No, it's not that. It's not Mother Love Bone. That's a no. band. From <laughs> a terrible Seattle. band. Not a terrible band. They at were all. freaking awful. No, they were. They That's were really shit suckingly terrible. I hate them. Oh, God, there was a real boring tell. guy at university who used to tell me about how brilliant Mother Love Bone was. And was I that was me? used to tell him he was wrong. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone, thank you. Yeah, it's got more in common with Winter's Bone, I think. 
Oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. That's, that's Adirondacks or somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, oh, oh. it's worth watching. It's definitely not perfect, um, and I, 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 don't, I don't think I intend to watch it again, but it's been occurring to me days after, which, you know, is yeah, normally yeah. the sign of something that's worth watching. Oh, and in terms scene. of a review, yeah, uh, sorry, I find it hard to grade, but yeah, I'm just going to give it a C. Cool. All right. Well, with that slightly um, muted, not apathetic, but so yeah, slightly uh, <laughs> flatlining review. That's great. I'll move on to mine then. I'll pick up the uh, pick up the candle. Pick up the energy. What? Pick up the energy. Well, my um, oddly enough for me, I do remember the title of my movie, oh, and that is partly because it has so many words in it. And it is, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Now, uh, a few people might have heard of this. It won the audience prize. It might even have won the the, the jury prize at um, Sundance. And it is the first film by... <sighs> I don't know how to pronounce his name. Oh, dude. It, it's either Macon Blair or Mason Blair. It's spelled M-A-C-O-N, which made me initially think he was Canadian. Hmm. But he's not. He's from Virginia, but he was the he's the actor who is in um uh 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 uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, well the difference is right that I want to say the guy's name I want to say Berenger Sonier but it's not because that was a dude who the whole um Holy Blood Holy Grail about Jeremy Solnier S A U L N I E R who made has made some really cracking movies he made Green Room have you seen Green Room yes. Yeah, he made Green Room, made Murder Party. Not seen that. Um, made Blue Ruin. Not Murder seen Party's that. really great. Um, so he's made some really well. Well, uh, he's made some really great films. He's like him, him and um, Macon Mason Blair are both of this sort of like little Virginia powerhouse of sort of indie movie that's kind of sprung up. Partly they're quite, I, you know, history might end up calling them slightly the Netflix kids in some ways because I think they have their career is a lot to how popular they've become on Netflix they've done well in indie festivals and stuff but people have definitely gone into their movies a lot on Netflix um, but they're from Virginia and they do have this kind of like indie movie sensibility in, in that slightly it's not these sort of um, the sort of frozen tundra landscape you're talking about, but none of their movies mm. are particular. They are sort of like they're the back end of small town, small town America. <laughs> but they are, they're oh, the back I end love them of small town America. <laughs> but they are. It's not you know they're, they're never going to make a movie about people in um, Manhattan and nice sky rises. It's all going to be you know the arse end of a parking lot somewhere and a few junkies kicking around yeah um but this is mac on blair's directorial debut after starring in so many of the jeremy solnier movies um uh and so essentially um again it's a it's a sort of um it's a pretty rundown neighborhood and um this woman this woman uh played by melanie Lindsay, who is a kiwi actress yeah uh she arrives home and she finds out she's been burgled and she's not well she does she alludes to her medication being stolen as well um so you do get the feeling that and it sort of emerges throughout it that you know maybe she's on a little bit of keep you calm medication right um that that is gone but her grandmother's silverware was also stolen um and her laptop which she's pretty knocked off about and she goes to the cops and they basically come around and go i think you left your door open don't really care um, she gets her even more annoyed and she's you know you, she's a quite likable character and she does a, a, a good line in sort of outraged little person yeah. I don't mean she's 
she's a little person. I just mean she's, you know, no. just she's, you know, the man essentially has sort of said to her, no, I don't really care about your break-in. And she's like, well, my laptop's gone. Like, well, my, my stuff's gone. And I, she feels powerless and unhappy. And she decides to sort of go on a on her own reconnaissance. Recognizance? Uh, yeah, but but she also does some reconnaissance. That's why it just really worked quite well together. Um, <laughs> and uh, and try and find out who nicked her stuff. And then she, you know, she it, it's not um, the find my phone thing on Apple. It's a thing. But yeah, she finds out like boop boop boop. There's a signal. Oh, suddenly her laptops come online. She also has a problem with dogs pooing in her front yard. Uh-huh. And a neighbour that she's confronted about this, who's like a weird, slightly um, reclusive guy, played by Elijah Wood, who's pretty good at weird, oh. slightly reclusive. Um, she has a go at him, and he slopes off and is, is kind of embarrassed and sorry. When she's going around asking the neighbours if they've seen anyone who nicked her computer, she encounters him again. And initially he's a bit scared of her, because he thinks she's come back to shout at him for his dog pooing on her lawn. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that he's uh, he's kind of like an... He's like a bit of a bedroom ninja. Um, so and he wants admissions. He does a lot of you know. He's he's kind of quite lean and and, and taut and muscly, and he has a bunch of actual. Oh, so he's actually good at fighting. Yeah, yeah, he's actually good at fighting. But he's uh, you know he's he's Elijah Wood sized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, which he, is when um, he said bedroom ninja, I just thought, oh, is this some new modern term for I don't know something like oh, some no. kind of hacker or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's he's kind of like just this weird dude who works out in his back garden and lives alone. Yeah, and he okay. um he decides to help her on her quest. Partly, I think, because he feels guilty about the dog poo, but partly because he wants something to do and he wants yeah. to be like a, a hero. Um, so they go off and they find the laptop, which it turns out, um, <laughs> after them being quite violent to people, turns out that these guys just bought off a pawn shop. Um, uh, it seems like quite a, ha- a nice house of people. Um, and then they go to this weird pawn shop thing and she finds her grandmother's silver there. And then from that, they realise who has stolen her stuff and progressively throughout the through from the beginning of the movie you do see who this person is mm. um there's this really great scene where he you realize he's infiltrated a party and he's actually nicking the stuff from the party and then walking out with it um but anyway and then it just gets more revengey 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 right um because she takes it in her head that actually, you know, he should stop doing this and she's going to stop him burgling people's houses. I, 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 can I just say I like the sound of this? This sounds like a plot I could live with. And and it, it and, and there's, I mean, Blue Ruins a classic revenge movie, Green Room. You know, none of these guys' movies are things you're going to go, hey, who wants a laugh and a smile about? And this is not, although it has a really light touch. Elijah Wood is great in it. Um, Melanie Listinsky is great in it. And it, you know, it has a it has a ridiculous ending, which is quite sort of. But it, it gets dark. It goes definitely down that rabbit hole into right. dark land, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's it's good. Right. I didn't love it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, that sounds. I mean, that sounds like wind, wind, whatever I had, wind. River. Yeah. It is a little bit. I was thinking this is a strangely resonant. I'll tell you what else it reminded me of right at the beginning. The first, I think he's obviously quite influenced by Jim Jarmusch as well. Right. Okay. It has a very Jim Jarmusch vibe about it. There's a real kind of Stranger Than Paradise feel to the first half and mm. um But uh which is not a bad thing, you know. No. Throw Jim Jarmusch movies at me all day long. But uh yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. Good. 
I just didn't love it. I would say I would wholeheartedly recommend it's probably a B minus even. It could be a C plus. Mm. But I I'd say it's really good. I would I would recommend you watch it. You might enjoy it even more than I did. And I did enjoy it. <laughs> I started to get slightly annoyed by it in the middle for yeah. just being a bit too constructed. I tell you yeah. that's what that's that's what that's what took the edge off it for me, is it felt like this guy loves Jim Jarmusch, he's you know, these guys make this certain kind of movie, and it felt to me and maybe that's because it's his first movie. Maybe that's because he's put all his thought and soul into it and it's kind of like, yeah, this is it. This is his labour of love. And maybe his next movie, which I would quite happily watch, will be a bit freer and a bit less constricted by the idea and yeah. less taught. But the performances are great. The story descends nicely into horribleness and it'll take you along with it quite happily. I just found it a little, not really arch, but a little constructed, I guess, around the middle. Well, interesting. I mean, in ways that sounds... I mean, they don't sound like similar films, but that sounds similar to mine in that I, the artifice of certain parts of my script were what sort of led me to not love my film in a way. Yeah. You know, the sort of feeling of you're watching something that's made up, you know, you're not able yeah. to fully forget that you're in film land kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds quite good. I'd like the sound of the plot. I might. I, might I really. I would. Go. I would love you to watch it. Actually, I'd love to see what you think about it. And it's something yeah. I have not rewatched. I often do do a rewatch, mm. and I haven't on this, and I will because I think I might like it more. I do really like, like I say, the central performances, um, Melanie Linsky and um, I want to call it Linsky. It is Linsky, yeah. And Elijah Wood are both cracking in it. So that's 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 a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 Fabulous. Yeah. And so, now. Drum Amazon, roll, dude. We We're are going, going to into do the Amazon. A very first Amazon Prime movie. Yes, we are. And what's it called, dude? It is called Slaybells. Saving Christmas. So not only is this our first Amazon Prime movie, not only is it our 50th episode sort of pinnacle, it is a Christmas movie and it's going to actually be out before Christmas, which I don't think we've ever done before. No. We've managed to, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, we've, you know, in the past, we've not had the best luck with Christmas movies. No, well, I, I watched one, if you remember, just called Happy Christmas. Um, A very sort of, you yes. know, very improv quite not likeable little indie film Um, with, what's her name from, oh, for God's sake, you know, you know the one. I can't remember. You do know the one. I she believe was in, you. You know, she was in the the Pitch Perfect movies. Oh, um, Ginger, the main person in in in. Oh, um, come on, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh, this God's is a person sake. all my family convinced I have a crush on, and I don't. Oh, um, come on, what's what do they? Called? I can't remember. Yes, you can. You can it. It is oh, uh, so Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Thank you. Oh god! Anna All Kendrick. that just to say, I watched a Christmas movie. Yes, oh, I watched one as well. It was terrible. But um, anyway, so this is sorry. Saving Christmas. Um, yes. This was written and directed by Darren Duan. Duane. Yeah. Who has done actually a lot of. Um, uh, like quite high profile music videos he directed the Jason Braz I'm Yours video done a lot of stuff with Blink 182 the Deftones Pennywise Atreus um, Genuine that's some quite hardcore stuff yeah, um, yeah. and it is starring and executive produced by Kirk Cameron well it's also known um, as Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas 
You know, yeah. they really brand him onto the onto the poster kind of thing. Where do we but, know Kirk Cameron from, Johnny? Well, he was in that sitcom, wasn't he? When he was when he was quite young. Um, oh, for God's sake, what was it? Growing called? Pains. He was in Growing, Growing Pains. Pains. Yeah, which yeah. I actually vaguely remember, moderately liking. Yeah, um, me too. Me but, too. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hazy memory. So I don't think I loved it, but I think I remember <laughs> knowing that. Yeah, it's moderately funny. But yes, so um, so what's the plot of this? Would you well, say? Well, essentially, it starts off with Kirk Cameron telling us how much he loves Christmas. Yeah, that's right. And it's, and, uh, and, it's, and it's in the manner of a, cons- a confession in some ways. Yeah. He really sort of starts off letting us know that it, it's a monologue to camera. Yeah. And he confesses to loving Christmas, which is a bit like, he's confessing it a bit like a guilty pleasure, which I don't quite get. No. Um, and he confesses to loving hot chocolate. And then what he does is he um, he takes us to his family Christmas, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, he and he goes to that. his sister's house, played actually by his sister, interestingly enough. Oh, is that who that is? Yes. Okay. Um, and then there's some sort of really ominous music. Um, and yeah. And they uh, go to the sister's house and his brother-in-law is initially sat there looking a bit miserable. Looking very miserable, I think. Yeah. And looking a bit and- just generally hacked off with life. And that's played yeah. by... Um, D- Darren Doane, yeah, Darren Doane, Darren Doane, however you say it. Duane. He is the um, is the brother-in-law, and he's looking all miserable. And you think, huh? Why are you sad? And then he goes. Well, then he disappears. Yes, yes. Much and to the disappointment think, of the party. Yes, the party is a bit hacked off, as is his wife, um, old Kirk Cameron's sister. And Kirk Cameron then goes out to the. The, the the yard is very snowy mm. and finds him finds his brother-in-law sat in his car yeah and he gets in and he says to him so what what's up with this and yeah. he proceeds to tell him that um it's not you know it's not christmas it's too full of uh people worshiping presents yeah it's paganism materialism Elf and, worship it mentions yeah and um, and then then the whole i suppose the whole main point of the film is that the reason it's called Saving Christmas is because then Kirk Cameron's character seeks to persuade the guy, his brother-in-law, that he's wrong to sort of see Christmas as this vacuous, materialist, commercialised, pagan, yeah. blah blah And in fact, Christmas at its heart, it has Jesus at its heart, has has loads of good things at its heart that are are perfectly Christian and blah blah yeah, and what he tries to do is every each one of this guy's arguments, he then sort of answers with a semi-parable, essentially, to yeah. sort of unite what he was saying mm. um, and how it was a kind of an anti-Christian message with um, the fact that actually this stuff can be um, a Christian message kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, so it's kind of... It's, 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 the narrative pull is, can he persuade... Darren, his brother-in-law, his yes. brother-in-law, to to re-engage with the Christmas party, um, yeah, through a series of educational, monologues. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and look, we've, I mean, we have an interesting history, more me than you, of watching a few faith films on the podcast. We, mm. I, I mentioned earlier, saved really cracking movie, yeah, um, and left behind. I mentioned on the podcast earlier as oh, well. Yeah, that was quite faithy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. very faithy. It's all about the rapture. Yeah, um, of course. 
Yeah, and you know, they Left Behind has some awfulness, but some enjoyable bits. Saved is really cracking. Yeah. So you know, there, there is no need for a faith film to be, you know, truly awful, or no. for you to stand there and, and laugh at it. No, unless you're watching Saving Christmas. Yeah. And this is really a giant steaming pile of egocentric ass. I mean, it did the, the the award this movie won, and I I'm always willing to give these these picks a go. Is the Razzie from 2014? It's the worst movie of 2014, and my God, it is tempting to say it probably was the worst movie of 2014. It's yeah, it's it's absolutely appalling. It's but the thing is, okay, so. In in our 50 episodes, I've had two what I categorised as Z films, which is the category we give to films that are bad in an enjoyable way. I gave it yep. Sinbad of the Seven Seas and Teen Witch, both of which were awful, but so much fun to watch. This the, I this really is not fun at no. all. It's just appalling it's just from, a, from beginning it's to end. It's this massive wank fest for Kirk, Kirk Cameron. Cameron is so annoying. Oh, my God. First note. Is it... Well, is it I think my first note was just after right at this opening monologue. Like I say, he's he's confessing to liking Christmas as a guilty pleasure. What? Yes. And then he sort of like goes, and I love hot chocolate. My notes went, who is this asshole? Well, I you'll would also actually... notice that when he when he's talking about loving hot chocolate, he actually has an empty mug. Oh yeah, it's really obviously empty. Isn't it's it? really yeah, obviously empty as well. No, what I can't bear actually is right is even before the film as such is if you just look at the poster. There's a poster with a picture of <laughs> Kirk Cameron bounding along with like holding a sort of like snow globe and grasping some like you know Christmassy candy stick oh, thing. God. But it just got such an annoying expression on his face. And throughout the film, whenever he was in shot, I wanted to kill him and yes i just want to say for the record this is nothing to do with the fact that this is a faith-based film nothing at all because it, what it's about is irrelevant it's just how badly it is they, i mean they make that the, the, the how badly the message is 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 yeah whatever to be fair there are some good there's one good thing about it i actually thought darren duane was not a bad actor he's he's all right i didn't mind him in it um but there are a couple of guys who are kind of there's an interesting sort of connection with um darren duane duane having a slight connection to a rap label and there's a couple of hip-hop artists who think they're comedians in it mm. who aren't really even very successful hip-hop artists and they are awful yeah i didn't like darren duane they're either so but awful. i but i think that i didn't necessarily think he was terrible at acting it was more just like so you know it's so what, lumpen the way it's filmed do you know, like do you know everyone how, how many pauses are there there's just loads oh, of just yeah. sitting there while people say things really slowly and badly it's, it's a lot like a, it's a lot like a sort of um a, a sort of like 17 year olds av project it's, yeah it's yeah filmed even the color grading's off it's terrible yeah but did you notice what yeah darren Dwayne's character is called as the man at the root of this problem with a faith problem he's oh. actually called christian oh god it could not be more awful there's this weird flashback to the real santa and he's terrifying <laughs> and there's a really strange like bit when he smites the heretics to a bunch of bro step yeah which is really strange um yeah and that's the bit when because he, he's sort of saying oh you know this way it's definitely you know it should father christmas isn't a um a bad symbol for christmas to have at its heart because the original saint nick was a sort of campaigning christian so to speak that's that's yeah. the sort of argument behind it but like just, oh, yeah it's just yeah i i just i've i bet this was a real struggle to watch as in i yeah, found it, it was. really unpleasant i watched it twice watch. it was hard to watch it twice oh my god did you 
Yeah, I just thought maybe I can find something redeeming the second time, but I wanted to smash Kurt Cameron even more the second time. No, he's so annoying. But yeah, as, and as well, oh, it's the just, dance-off's really bad. Oh, uh, really yeah, awful yeah, it sort of climaxes with this. The, the problem. Scene. Well, no, I, I want to talk about the climax actually, hmm. because basically he clears up all of his brother's problems, and you're like, oh great, this movie's nearly over. It's been tortuous, and you look at the time, and you're like, there's, 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 there's half an hour left. I know it's all filler. And it's all filler. Yeah. There's this um, like you look at the um, the, the credit list, which I'll come to in a second. But it's all his family, his friends' family. So basically, all the actors in the house are their mates and their family, yeah. and they decided to give them a five to ten minute dance off sequence that's totally unenjoyable, totally masturbatory, totally awful. And then that finishes, and then the, his terrible comedian friends who aren't funny make a bad set of gags, and then you go, "There's nine and a half minutes of credits." Yeah. Nine and a half minutes of credits. Marvel doesn't barely do nine and a half minutes of credits. There are no CG animators in this. What are you doing for nine and a half minutes of credits? Apart from showing outtakes that aren't even outtakes. Yeah, no. It's like the thing is like they've been. We've had a few really poor films in this in in our pod, where they've kind of fleshed it out to get it to to scrape a pile of yeah. poo up to a one hour twenty minute pile of poo, one hour thirty minute pile of poo by having a really long credit sequence. That dreadful spoof movie I watched. Um Oh, in the spoof episode, I've forgotten the name of the movie, but a disaster movie, that was it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that had a terrible long outtake sequence that just added ten minutes. And none of them were funny, but it just sort of, you know, and that's just what they do. No, this was this was by far the worst film I've seen, I think, for this whole podcast, really. Yeah, this just is way in... worse than Krampus the Christmas Awful. Yeah, because this left a really sour taste in your mouth yeah. as well. Big, partly well, because just... Kirk Cameron himself is just seen... And this is just such a self-indulgent yeah. project of his. Yeah. Oh, oh God. I, I, God, It's actually it really awful. nice talking about it, because I do feel cleansed. And I just, yeah, and I, yeah. I really wanted to talk to you about it as soon as um, he pronounces it nativity as well. I've written here as well. That's really irritating. That is um, weird. But yeah. yeah, there's just there's just nothing good about. It. I, want, I really wanted to talk to you about it. I really wanted to purge it from my brain. But yeah, no, well, I feel like I, we I have really watched this one. So you don't have to. Yeah. So it's not a very good start with Prime. Maybe we should stick to Netflix. Yeah. No, no, there'll be better things in Prime. Look, look this was always going to be potentially bad. It, it, was, it was the Razzie winner. I didn't realise how much I'd hate it. I was just always hoping for a bad movie, not something I'd actually want to burn. Mm. But you know what? We will find bigger and better things moving into the future. I absolutely promise you. Mm. Okay, good idea. Sorry, what? what Sorry about good idea. What? Well, you know, just, you just <laughs> okay, say... I'm, carry I'm, I'm, on. Good, good speaking. <laughs> so, on that note, we, uh, we need a category to spread like jam across both streaming services. Italian horror. Italian horror, ding, done. <laughs> All right, we're going to be... So, next time around, we'll be watching three Italian horror movies. Probably, it's going to be a two... Netflix, uh, two Prime, one Netflix, I'd imagine. Yeah. But that sounds pretty exciting. If you want to nominate a category on either streaming service now, way or a movie on either streaming service, just get in touch. Drop us a line. You know, boop, we watch anything at gmail.com. Twitter, just, just, just send us a message. If you're also bored, go back and listen to some of those recommendations from us. Some of our, some of our top hits of the past 50 episodes. Yeah. Or 49 episodes, I guess. Um, and, you know, leave a review, 
if you like, unless it's a bad review, um, and give us some stars and all that sort of thing. But just get in touch. You know, Dude, before you say goodbye... Don't be a stranger. If I forced you right now, what do you think yeah. is your favourite movie that you've watched? The Thief? You really oh, love I'd The Thief. Oh, I'd forgotten about Thief. Yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> it's, it's a three-way tie between that, the Barkley Marathons, and Turbo Kid, probably. Hmm. Okay. All I'm sorry to, to throw that at you. I just no, I, just, I liked like, it. What about you? I keep coming back to Night of the Demons Two, It Man, mm-hmm. Pimpernel Smith. I really like those ones. Yeah, nice. and, I, and I really like the Autopsy of Jane Doe, but I don't know whether it's like going to be a favourite forever kind of thing. No, but, but I do like that movie a lot. Yeah. yeah, and It Man. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd forgotten how good It Man was till I look back at the thing. Mm. Anyway, sorry. That's the past. We're all about the future. Um, well, not really. We're sort of, you know, more about the present. Yeah. But we will return. We'll return with more movies, more Italian horror than you probably knew you wanted in your life, and even fewer recommendations because we won't be doing any um, long-winded award ceremonies next time round. We're just going to be quick and fast, like the rapier of podcasts. Ooh. Not like that. No. Okay, the sabre of podcasts. That's better. Oh, yeah, I, love I, prefer, I prefer the word saber. Hmm. I always okay, thought lightsabers were lightsavers for years. Really? Yeah. For years. <laughs> Is that because they were particularly economical? No, just, oh, I've got my lightsaber. Because, you know, it saves you from harm. Oh, right. I was just thinking, like, you know, one of those low-power bulbs that... <laughs> no, lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, cause... Oh, you idiot. Um... <laughs> I really am. Yeah. Oh, dear. All right, dude. Well, on that note, I can't think of a part about lightsabers or lightsabers. I'm just going to say goodbye. Yeah, I'm just going to say goodbye as well. Don't watch Saving Christmas. Do watch the other two. We'll see you next time. All right, take care. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.